The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Friday, folks, and welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I am your host, Danny Burke, and as always, we are live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Loaded show throughout the next hour here on VCD the Sports Betting Network. I'll kick things off talking about the Bulls game and the Blackhawks game. So we got a little bit of Chicago sports action to begin things. And I got to play outside of that. Well, I got to play for the Bulls game. But also in terms of hockey, I got to play outside of that Blackhawks game tonight. So a couple of bets coming right at the beginning of the show. But 15 minutes from now, we did my better half for the AFC Championship game last night. We will do it. For the NFC tonight and a couple of props for Prop Shelf that I do like for Sunday. After that, a couple of guests will be helping us handicap this weekend. How about James Salinas, our Friday regular and former Super Contest champion and co-host of the Pro Football Blitz here on VEASAN. And look, every time we want to handicap the slate, we got to see what James says. Lufa Nakaro said the same thing last week and they were both on the 49ers and they said, hey, sprinkle a little bit on that money line and well, it came to fruition. So we'll talk with James in 30 minutes. Then 45 minutes from now, VEASAN's betting reporter and host of the Market Insights podcast, Josh Applebaum, will be capping things off with some of the biggest market movers tonight and for Sunday for championship weekend. So a lot to unpack. But like I said, let's begin things with the Chicago action tonight. And we begin with the Bulls and their game tonight on the road against the San Antonio Spurs. This line actually opened up. Well, I guess it's not surprising, so I don't want to say actually, but it opened up with Chicago as a slight favorite, minus two. Total opened about 228.5. There has been significant movement in both the spread and the total. The Spurs now at Bet Rivers are the favorite, laying a point and a half. So cross through zero now has come up to San Antonio being a favorite by a point and a half. Total has moved considerably. 228 and a half up to 223. Look, the Bulls defense has obviously and clearly taken a hit ever since they've been without their big defenders, Caruso and Lonzo Ball. Not big necessarily in stature, but the energy and discipline they bring on the defensive side of the ball. But when I look at this game, I mean, I, I get maybe not trusting the Bulls so much. They've won their last two games, however. San Antonio's coming off a loss to Memphis the other night. But still, you got DeRozan, you got Levine, and you got Vooch. You got your big three 
who's necessary to win games and compete offensively. I know the defense is inevitably going to take a hit, but they still have enough scoring to beat pretty much any team that's even strength or lower than them, and the Spurs would probably be in that category. And you're getting bench production from Io DeSumo, and if Kobe White can get into a rhythm, this team can still make a lot of noise. So it's gotten to the point where I think it's a buy-low opportunity on Chicago. However, you got to respect the movement in the market. you got to recognize it. So I'm probably staying away unless this line gets to like two and a half or so. Then I'd probably be inclined to take the points with the Bulls. Because also you look at some of the stats here, courtesy of cleaning the glass. I mean, Chicago offensively ranks ninth in points per 100 possessions at 113. Defensively, the Spurs... They rank 19th in defensive points per 100 possessions at 111. Effective field goal percentage offensively, the Bulls rank 7th. And defensively, in that regard, San Antonio ranks 17th. So the Bulls, again, still offensively have the advantage, not only for the full aspect of the game, but in their half-court set as well. Bulls are 5th in points per play in the half-court, 97.3. Defensively, Spurs rank 18th in the half-court set. So I still think the Bulls have the advantage in this spot, and I think it's a little bit of an overreaction just because the Bulls, while they've won their last two games, it hasn't necessarily been pretty, and they are slacking on the defensive front. But again, you still got the Rosen who revenge kind of angle going back to San Antonio in a sense, and Levine and Vooch, and if those guys can come through, 17-plus for Vooch, 25-plus for DeRozan and for Levine, I think the Bulls still have a great shot here and could be a rare opportunity to see them in this slight underdog position. So a strong lead to the Bulls, but not an official play. I'm going to wait to see if I can get a little bit better number. The play I am making for this game, though, like I kind of just alluded to, involves DeMar DeRozan. And when we look at these props and games and kind of trying to get that extra edge a lot of times in sports betting, you look at some incentive. And for DeRozan, the incentive is going back to his former city and his former team. Not as big of a stint as he had with Toronto, but still somewhat significant with the Spurs. So I looked at his points prop of 24 and a half. I know there's some 25 and a halfs out there, but if you can find the 24 in the hook, I think it's worth laying the minus 125 to opt in to do that instead. DeRozan's averaging over 26 points per contest this season. He's gone over 24.5 points in a majority of his games that he's been involved with, 25 out of 43 to be exact. If you've watched even like two minutes of DeRozan this season, you know a majority of his shots come from mid-range. 70% of them do, to be exact. That puts him in the 100th percentile in the NBA, right at the top. He's making... 49% of those shots from mid-range, which puts him in the 82nd percentile. So he's really pretty much only shooting from there, and he's making the most of it when he does. Now, this is a favorable matchup because you got to consider the defense for San Antonio, and one of their weaknesses, if not their biggest weakness defensively, is covering defenders in the mid-range area. They're allowing opponents to get over 31% of their shots from mid-range, which ranks 16th in the association and the amount that they're actually making, being their opponents against the Spurs from mid-range, is 43.4%, which is second worst in the NBA. You've got the angle of him going back to a former team, and you've got a great advantage in terms of where he shoots and where the San Antonio Spurs slack defensively. So I'm going to play DeMar DeRozan over 24.5 points tonight at minus 125 against his former team, the San Antonio Spurs. So that's the official play. Again, going to wait for maybe a better number to look at playing the Bulls and taking a couple points and a half or so with them. 
Another Chicago game we got going on at the UC this evening. The Blackhawks taking on the Avalanche. Doesn't it feel like they play Colorado like every other night? Well, this is the fourth time they're playing, and I think it's like the third time this month. But the Avalanche, this is a hot team. I mean, they're on an eight-game win streak. They've won their last 13 out of 14 games. Colorado has already beaten Chicago three times this season. Uh, it looks like Darcy Kemper is going to be tending the net for Colorado. He's faced Chicago twice. He's only allowed five goals, a save percentage of 92% in those games. Overall this season, he is 25-1. and Marc-Andre Fleury, I mean, he's starting every dang game, basically, and he's 0-2-1 against Colorado. He's allowed 10 goals in that three-game span against the Avalanche, a goals against average of 3.41 and a save percentage of 89%. No bueno for Marc-Andre Fleury and really the Blackhawks in general against Colorado. But this line is trending in favor of the Blackhawks here, folks. They opened plus 205. Now they're down to plus 150. Colorado about minus 230. Now they're minus 180. Well, their star player, Nathan McKinnon, broken nose. He will be out for this game. He's third with uh, with points on the team at 43 and second in assists with 34. So definitely an impactful loss. Last I checked, Jonathan Taves was doubtful for this game. So I feel like you're kind of even there with the advantage already with Colorado and Marc-Andre Fleury, who's still good, but his team doesn't really help him out. I'd say Kepper's a good goalie, but he's got a great team to help him out, and that's not the case with the Blackhawks. So, again, you got to respect the movement. I understand, but at a point, it's almost like you're getting a way better price on Colorado now that they're minus 180, and I get it. That's a lot to lay, but seldom are you going to see Colorado in this situation against this type of team laying only minus 180. Something to consider, or you could go puck line with them, plus 116. I'm not going to touch it, but I probably would Favored looking at the buy low, and it's speaking relatively because they're still a big favorite, but buy low because it's the avalanche spot on Colorado if I had to do anything. But I will give you a play I am riding tonight in the NHL slate. That's going to take us to Dallas. The Stars are hosting the Washington Capitals. And speaking of movement, Dallas has received some throughout the course of this day. They opened up this game as a pick -em. Dallas went up to minus 124 throughout the afternoon at Bet Rivers. That's what I played. Now they're up to minus 132. Ideally, you could get like 130 or less, but all in all, I'd still play Dallas with that price. The Stars have now won four in a row, and they've been off since after Tuesday night, and the Capitals on the other side, they have lost their last two games, most recently a 4-1 to loss versus the Sharks on Wednesday. Now, it's also a special night in Dallas, a retiring defenseman, Sergei Zubov's number 56 prior to the game. Uh, so, you know, there's always a little bit more incentive in that regard. And look, Washington still banged up throughout the course of the season. Oshie Jensen looking like they're going to be out once again. And I haven't seen the official update, but uh, John Klingberg, the defender for the Stars, I think he's going to try to get back more so, if anything, because of the retirement of the better defenseman before him, who he's kind of trying to fill the footsteps of. So Dallas could be getting a little bit healthier in this game. You're getting a Capitals team that, again, unhealthy. They've struggled. They're 0 for 16 on power play chances in their past five games. And Holtby, a goalie for Dallas, has done a little bit better at home. 4-2-0, 2.51 goals against average and a save percentage of 92%. And he's got the incentive of going against his former team, the Washington Capitals. Capitals thrown out. Vanacek out there. Uh, he's been pretty decent, honestly. But on the road, 4-3-2, 2.42 goals against average. Save percentage of 92. One shutout on the road. All in all, I like 
this memorable night for Dallas. And even if that wasn't the case, obviously I'm not basing it solely on that. Dallas has the advantage in this spot, and I'm going to play them on the money line. Did so at minus 124. Again, now it's up to minus 132. Would still recommend them against Washington. So in hockey, tonight we're riding the Stars on the money line. And then for that Bulls and the Spurs game, strong lean to the Bulls taking the points. But for the official play, we're riding with DeMar DeRozan over 24.5 points at the price of minus 125. So that's what we got for the Chicago action and for just a play in the NHL outside of the Blackhawks game. Coming up next, like we did last night in the AFC Championship game, we'll do it for the NFC Championship game with my better half and prop shelf. A couple of props that I'm playing in each respective game involving the quarterbacks. Some more best bets coming. Stick around. It is Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up several episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. 
Okay, welcome back into Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Rivers Casino in Des Plaines, Illinois. We were talking about some of the Chicago sports action to get things kicked off. Bulls, Spurs, Blackhawks, Avalanche, and a play that I had on the Dallas Stars tonight. But let me give you some other plays that I've got for Sunday. Finally, some official plays for the NFL this weekend. It's going to be revolved around the props like we always hit on Fridays. It is time for Prop Shelf where I discuss those top props for the upcoming NFL slate. It's bittersweet. We're excited, but we're sad because, well, the NFL season slash postseason is dwindling down. But let's begin with that AFC Championship matchup and talk about one Patrick Mahomes and his past completions prop. For Sunday, 25 and a half is the number over minus one and a quarter under minus 105 for Mahomes, who's averaging over 26 pass completions so far this year, 26.3 to be exact. And with the number at 25 and a half, he has eclipsed that mark in 11 out of 19 games this year. Plus, when you look back at what he did against the Bengals, he barely got over it, but over it nevertheless. 26 of 35, 259 in the air, two tutties, and no interceptions in both his postseason games. Consider that he got 30 completions versus Pittsburgh and 33 versus Buffalo, and the importance of the Pittsburgh game is that, well, that was a blowout. He didn't necessarily need to throw the ball, but he still got over this prop pretty comfortably. This is a seven-point spread, so it does have the chance maybe of being a blowout, so I probably wouldn't fear that they're going to stop passing too much in this game. Also because, well, you kind of got that revenge angle of losing to them earlier. They're just going to keep their foot on the pedal and keep pressing down. Also considering if you saw what happened last week with Tampa Bay and the Rams, I mean, no lead is too safe. Absolutely not. But looking at the Bengals, too, defensively, they're allowing over 24 pass completions per game, which actually puts them at the bottom tier of the league, 29th. Ten opposing quarterbacks have gone over this mark versus Cincinnati. And when you look at how their defense stacks up in general, they rank 13th against the run in DVOA, 24th against the pass. You know the mindset, the philosophy, the schematics of Kansas City. They want to throw the ball. And if they understand that more the weakness defensively of Cincinnati is in the passing game, and they love to do that anyways, well, you got to think they're going to hammer that consistently. So I am looking to take Patrick Mahomes over his pass completions prop of 25.5 at minus 125. In the next game, NFC Championship, sticking with the quarterbacks. Matt Stafford, please don't let me down, my man. I feel like we're kind of on opposite spectrums this whole season, but I'm hoping we can clear things up. I'm looking at your pass attempts, 34 and a half, over minus 125, same price like we just did for Mahomes. I'm betting Stafford to throw the ball at least 35 times in this game against San Francisco. He's averaging right there at the prop at 34 and a half pass attempts per game this year. He's gone over this mark. And 11 out of 19 games, one of one going against the 49ers in the game that they lost originally. It was 26 completions, 41 attempts. In the game, they blew the 17-point lead, got a little bit complacent, only had 21 completions on 32 pass attempts. My assessment for this, aside from the fact that I just think they're going to pass it more so, is that, again, I was talking about leads and not feeling safe. The Rams blew a 27-point lead. They ended up winning, but they still blew it. Last week against Tampa Bay, not saying they got complacent, but things unluckily happened their way. And you blew a 17-point lead already against the 49ers, so if the Rams are even up in this game, whatever the amount may be, 7, 14, 21, 
They're not going to take any chances. They're going to go with what they know and try to keep hammering it down, kind of like I was talking about with Mahomes, but even more so than Stafford. So I think they're still going to keep throwing it, especially considering the weakness of San Francisco is their pass defense, relatively. They rank 16th in DVOA pass defense, but second against the run. And again, it's an offense that doesn't love to run the ball. You just had your running back fumble a couple of times in very crucial moments, so maybe they let Stafford, who had a really solid game, let it fly against the 49ers. San Francisco getting thrown on only about 32 and a half times per game, which actually ranks ninth in the NFL. Uh, 35 times, though, in the last three games, and a little bit more on the road than at home. 34 to be exact. But again, I like doing the attempts for Stafford. You don't have to rely on him to be accurate. You just got to rely on the game plan to be throwing the ball. And for all the reasons I just stated, I think that's going to be the case against the 49ers. So playing Matt Stafford over 34 and a half pass attempts for the NFC Championship game. And then for the AFC Championship game, like I said, going Patrick Mahomes over 25 and a half pass completions, also at the price of minus 125. So that's what I've got for Prop Shelf. Let's switch gears here and talk about my better half now for that NFC Championship game. We did it last night with the AFC Championship game, but now it is time to focus on the Rams and the 49ers. Not really looking at the spread or money line too much because I kind of wanted to do quality over quantity here when I was coming to what I wanted to talk about in the first half. And I want to begin with the total points at 23 in the hook. This one caught my interest for sure, considering that I like the full game total under, but the ship has really sailed. I mean, the best number was 47, didn't act on it. Now you're seeing it as low as 45 and a half in some spots. But uh, the total points for this first half is at 23 in the hook. Again, the under shaded that way, minus 127. The Rams over under record with this first half total of 23 and a half is eight and 11. 49ers over under record with the number at 23 and a half is 8 and 11 as well. I know on your screen you're seeing the spread and uh, up there right now. And yeah, one and a half. I, again, I'm not too interested in that regard. I'm more so focused on the total for this game because the first half for this spot, third time around to me could go anyway. But the total I think is a little bit more intriguing. Over under with the number at 23 and a half in the first half is one and one with these teams facing off in the regular season. But both playoff games for each team has had their first half totals under this mark. So a little bit relatively slower starts for these teams. I mean, the last time is because the Bucs couldn't score, but also a testament to the Rams' defense. Lean under for that. Again, we talked about it with, like, the Bengals' team total overall. I want to get that 24. That's what I would really like, and then I would probably jump in on it. But again, we'll wait and see. Ultimately, there may be a better angle, though, for this first half. That could be the Rams going over their team total in the first half with the number at 12 in the hook. Now, they're going to make you pay a price to go to the over, minus 136 the last I checked, and rightfully so. I mean, the Rams have gone over this in 13 out of 19 first halves this season, and in the postseason, they scored 21 versus Arizona and 20 versus Tampa Bay. You think they can get up there again against San Francisco? I don't know. It's tough to say because, well, as you know, I mean, they've had their struggles against San Francisco, that's for sure, albeit the second game they had a really good start to that first half. The Rams are averaging about 14 first half points per game, which is seventh best in the National Football League. And in the last three games, 19.3 to be exact. San Francisco, however, has held opponents under this mark in 12 out of 19 games. They're allowing opponents to score 10 first half points per game on average, which is 10th best in the NFL and just 8.8 .8 on the road. 
But if you think the Rams can light it up right away, like we've seen in the past three games, over 12.5 could be a decent look. Also, speaking of unders, like we said before, I think the 49ers under 10.5 could be a decent outlook. However, minus 157, way too steep for me to want to lay in terms of doing that. Because the 49ers defense, because of the volatility of Matt Stafford, could easily get a turnover and could help them produce points right away. San Fran's only gone over it in 9 out of 19 games. They're averaging 12 first half points per game, which is 16th in the NFL, and just 6.3 their last three games. Rams have held opponents under this mark in 12 out of 19 games. Uh, 9.3 first half points is what they're allowing to be exact. 2.0 their last three games on average. So again, I definitely lean under. Definitely don't like laying minus 157. Last one we'll talk about for the first half, similar to what we did uh, last night with the kicking prop. Total successful field goals by the 49ers in the first half. Remember, we were saying to go over for the Bengals, but it was kind of steep. You're probably more prone to settling for field goals right away in the first half as opposed to in the second half. If you're trailing, you're getting more desperate, you're getting more aggressive. Same could be said for this 49ers offense that maybe not getting into the opponent's 50 uh, half of the field as often. And look, Robbie had three first half field goals at Dallas in the postseason, none at Green Bay though. But uh, Robbie had one in the most recent outing versus the Rams, not in the first. You know, I, you don't really take that into account as much. I think it's more so the situation like I was alluding to. If San Francisco gets over the 50, they're probably not going to be as aggressive in the first half. They'll take the points while they can get them. But in the second half, well, on those fourth and shorts, fourth and three, fourth, five, whatever it is, you're more prone to going for it if you're trailing. So I think that could be a decent look as well for the total successful field goals by the 49ers in the first half, over a half, minus 143. But no official plays coming out of the first half for that game, although I would lean under for the full first half, 23 and a half, and the 49ers under 10 and a half for their individual team points. But we are doing those props. Mahomes over his completions and Stafford over his pass attempts. We'll recap that at the end of the show. Coming up next, more NFL action. Former Super Contest champion James Salinas joining us. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage all on VSN.com, leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make plans now to join the VEASAN betting experts before, during, and after the action, all on VEASAN.com. That's V-S-I-N.com. Okay, welcome back to Rush Hour on this Friday evening. Thank you for being with us. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5, where you can follow me on the tweets. One of our favorite segments of the week happening right now because that means we are welcoming on former Super Contest champion, co-host of the Pro Football Blitz on VEASAN, Mr. James Salinas, at Rounding Again, where you can follow him on Twitter. James, you and I were just, you know, kicking it uh, in between the break here, saying that we really love this weekend. I mean, Super Bowl weekend's awesome, but there's so much buildup to it. You get two games on Sunday, appropriate timing in terms of when they're scheduled, and then you have at least another game to look forward to. So 
you know, with all of this hype surrounding championship weekend, I mean, it, it seems like it's impossible to be as hype as it was last week, and we'll see if it could come through. But it's a fun one to start things out with KC and Cincinnati spread up to seven and a half, my friend. A high total of 54 in the hook. What do you like for this first game? Uh, a couple things here. Not as many plays for me in this, let's just call it the appetizer of the championship weekend for the AFC matchup with Cincinnati uh, going into Arrowhead to face the Chiefs. And, man, it's, it's, it's incredible. You think about where these quarterbacks are, Danny. And, and we start on the Bengals side, and Joe Burrow, young quarterback, second year in the league, and missed a number of games last year because of the knee injury that he had. And I just I'm thinking about Burrow and, and these quarterbacks in general. I mean, now Patrick Mahomes, we talk about him like he's this longtime seasoned veteran. He's got tenure in the NFL, like he's been around for a decade plus. I mean, he's a young quarterback too, but it's just amazing for both of these quarterbacks, their achievements so far in their young careers. And if we're thinking about the Chiefs now, this could potentially, this is, this is their fourth straight championship game hosting in Kansas City. And then on the other side here with Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, and the, the fact that he's come back from the knee injury, started the season the way that he did. And, and I think there's this, his, his competitive DNA, Danny, I think we've seen it. it sacked nine times last week at, at Tennessee. And some of that due to the offensive line, that's not a great offensive line. We know that, but also some of it is just due to the fact that Joe Burrow's competitive spirit just will not allow him to throw footballs away. He will not take a playoff and will not just eat a, eat a, eat a down to go after the next down. But here at seven and a half, I just feel like that's a big number there with knowing that Burrow is going to compete for 60 minutes. The Bengals got nothing to lose. No one expected them outside of the folks within that locker room and that coaching staff figuring maybe we have a shot and that's our goal to get to the Super Bowl. Obviously every team's got that, but for the Bengals to be in this position and that hook, part of it's playing the number here. I like the number at seven and a half. But we just saw this matchup a couple weeks ago. Granted, it was in Cincinnati. Now you're going on the road to Arrowhead. We know if there is a home field advantage in the NFL, Arrowhead definitely would qualify as one of those where the Chiefs have that advantage. But I guess I can't get past the fact that I'm going to get seven and a half here in a championship game with a team like Cincinnati, young team, but very disciplined team, the least penalized team in the National Football League in 2021, Danny. And I think that... That bodes well going into this matchup here. So a couple plays. I like Cincinnati plus the seven and a half. I haven't bet it yet because the best juice I could find was minus 120. feel like I'll get a better number come closer to Saturday night, Sunday, come Bengals, more money coming in on the Chiefs. Maybe I can find minus 110, what have you. And I'm a little frugal when it comes to land juice, but that's okay. I'm going to be rolling with the Bengals plus the seven and a half. And I do have one player prop in this matchup too. I like Joe Mixon, his receiving yards going over 29 and a half. I feel like here you think about the last matchup a couple weeks back and the fact that not only with Burrow lighting up Kansas City for over 400 yards passing, Jamar Chase was a big piece of that, getting it, what he have, 200 plus yards, 200 plus yards, multiple touchdowns in that game. Kansas City's definitely going to be mindful of wherever Chase is on that field. And I think there's a lot of opportunities for Joe Mixon to receive the football out of the backfield. He's had a good job. The last four games that he's been in this in this lineup, he's been targeted 26 times in those four games, 23 receptions, 180 yards collect, 89 yards collectively in those four games. I think he's going to have opportunities against the Chiefs. Secondary backfield is going to be deep, trying to bracket coverage Jamar Chase and 
and thin company receivers. So I like Mixon over his 29 and a half yards receiving in this matchup, but I definitely like the Bengals plus seven and a half getting that hook. Okay, well then let's take a look at the NFC Championship game. San Francisco catching three in the hook. This total down to 46. James, they even saw it get to about 45 and a half for this game. I was hoping to get it at 47. I didn't think it was going to move so immediately, so I kind of missed the boat on that one. Uh, your thoughts on this overall game, and then I'm sure you got a prop for this spot as well. Yeah, I have a few plays here. Let's go to the prop first. And we're thinking about, thinking about the Rams, their offense. Everything was built for this team. The expectations coming into the season for the LA Rams, making the trade, getting Matthew Stafford, having the big players that they made over the last couple of years. We know Aaron Donald is a beast and he's a tremendous player on the interior of that defensive line and, and bringing Jalen Ramsey over a couple of years ago to be that lockdown corner. And then the midseason moves that they made with Vaughn Miller coming from the Denver Broncos come to rush off that edge. Well, as OBJ came into the fold. OBJ is just so much talent galore. I mean, star power wise, that's the LA Rams. It's Los Angeles. It's Tinseltown. That's what you get in LA and they have that. And, uh, but to me, I, I just feel like this is, you, you can't buy chemistry. And I don't know how much chemistry this team has when it comes to playing the San Francisco 49ers, considering the fact that they have lost the last six matchups against San Francisco, including the two this season already. I know there's been a lot of talk about, well, it's hard to beat teams three times in a row, but ultimately uh, in the NFL, it doesn't happen a whole lot, Danny, but in this case here, this will be this matchup here in the NFC title game. This will be the 22nd time in the NFL where the team that has won the first two will match up again in the playoff and 14 out of those 22 times, that team that has won the first two has made the sweep trifecta wise and won that third game. Now, yeah, it's in the NFC championship game. Yes, it's on the road, but in this case here, I feel like it's a home away from home for San Francisco going to SoFi. And what does the matchup look like? It looks like San Francisco to me, and I love the San Francisco team, the way it's built from a physical physicality standpoint. We know they're going to run the football offensively, and then defensively, that front seven is as good as any team in the NFL, and I think it's given the Rams fit. Now, you think about where the Rams want to run offensively, is it going to go through Cam Akers? Cam Akers just coming back off Achilles surgery six months ago. He's only played a couple games. And I know for Sean McVay trying to get Cam Akers involved in the run game, he's a very talented young player, a lot of physicality that he runs with. But where is his confidence right now? Not only for Cam Akers, fumbling last week twice, once at the goal line to end the first half, basically. And then Late in the game, when they're trying to run the clock out, he puts the ball on the ground again. So not only confidence-wise for Cam Akers, still trying to get his legs under him from a competitive standpoint, but also the confidence with Sean McVay going to run him. Are you going to be looking to run Cam Akers in this game? you got all these tools. you got all these toys offensively, but the game plan is going to be to run the football. Finding a, a rush attempt prop for Cam Akers sitting at 18 and a half, I bet that hard. I bet that under 18 and a half rush attempts four cam acres in this game. That's my one prop for this matchup here. I just don't see it happening. I think Sony Michelle's going to get a number of carries in this game. Uh, Sony Michelle's been there. He's done that. He actually scored the lone touchdown a few years ago for the Patriots against the Rams in Super Bowl 53. So I think we're not going to see as much cam acres in this matchup on Sunday, but give me the 49ers here plus 160. Forget about the three and a half. I don't need the hook. I don't need the points. I think the 49ers are the tougher not only physically on the field, 
but mentally tougher team here that has all the momentum behind them and the confidence going. They were just there in SoFi a few weeks back, down 17 to nothing early in that game, came back and won that game in overtime. I'm going to get money line plus 160. Forget the points. I like San Francisco in this spot. I'll fire on that money line plus that big price at 160. Hey, folks, James Salinas nailed it last week with the 49ers taking the points and the sprinkle on the money line against the Packers. So he's running it back. Can't say I blame you, James. And look, I didn't even notice that Cam Akers one. I mean, 18 and a half seems incredibly high for a team that probably is going to be looking to throw the ball more against the San Francisco front. That is really, really tough. So uh, I love both of those angles. And James, as always, we appreciate your insight for these games and hope that you can nail some of these winners, my friend. It's all good. Hey, glad to be on with you every Friday and last Friday, championship Friday. I love this week and I can't wait for Sunday's game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Danny, good luck with your bets and stay safe out there, my friend. Yes, sir. You as well. James Salinas, folks, follow him at Rounding Again on Twitter. Catch him co-host of the Pro Football Blitz here on VEASAN Saturdays and Sundays. Breaking news really quick. Jay Glazer reporting that the Giants are hiring former Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable as her head coach. They're sticking with Daniel Jones. Who the heck knows why, but I guess Brian Dable wants to take on the task. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what these futures look like, but we'll talk more NFL betting and around that area. Coming up next, VEASAN's betting report. Josh Applebaum joining us as we finish up a Friday edition of Rush Hour. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, We've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet 
River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. So download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT-COLORADO. 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. one 532 in Virginia. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as play Sugar House. Void where prohibited. Final segment on this Friday evening. It is Rush Hour here on VCD Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Thanks for tuning in. Special guest joining us now, Josh Applebaum, who you can follow on Twitter at Josh underscore insights. He is VEASAN's betting reporter and host of the Market Insights podcast. He just eclipsed 500 episodes. So, Josh, congratulations on doing that. We love hearing your content, love getting your picks, and that's what we're looking forward to tonight. And I know you got plenty in the NFL and NHL, but I do got to throw something out there. We were talking about breaking news with Dable as a Giants head coach, but some other significant news, at least for betters tonight, involving an NBA game with the Lakers and the Hornets. No LeBron, no AD, and we've seen some big line movement in this matchup as they're taking on the Hornets on the road tonight, Josh. By the way, appreciate it. It's great to be with you. Thanks for the props there. So, uh, yeah, I think this is kind of a microcosm of how the NBA, you know, big star players and injuries and, sit, and sitting out in load management can really affect numbers. So, as you mentioned, Danny, with both AD and LeBron being out, this is the second leg of a back-to-back. They just lost in Philly. Now you're playing a rested Hornets team that just dropped 158 points the other day. Uh, this game was opening at actually around Hornets minus six and a half. Just shot up all the way to minus nine and a half on the news that both Anthony Davis and LeBron will be out. So I think, you know, a lot of times uh, betters, especially in the NBA, you see this a lot here, uh, how star players can move numbers. But I think two things. Number one, you got to get on Twitter. This is how a lot of NBA betters can really pick their spots betting the NBA. Uh, I'll give you a recommendation. There's one site I really like called Fantasy Labs on Twitter. They do a really good job of being kind of the first to break these NBA injuries. So on that note, you know, if you had gotten that tweet immediately that LeBron and AD are out and you still have a, you know, the Hornets minus six and a half. You have about a one minute, two minute window to jump in and get that bet in at minus six and a half. Now that it's at nine and a half to me, you kind of miss the best of the number here. Maybe it doesn't matter and they blow them out. But in these regarding in regarding these situations and these big moves, either you act on them very quickly or to me, you kind of lay off because you missed the value. Yeah, I hear you. NBA, one of the most important sports when it comes to that. And, you know, we're used to dealing with that in the NBA because that's what's expected. But we've had to adjust to that with COVID in the NFL this season. But at least the postseason has been a little bit more solid. And it's looking like that for this weekend, Josh. Tell us about your thoughts for the AFC Championship game. KC, Cincinnati, seven and a half is the spread. Total at 54 in the hook. What action did you get down on for this game? Yeah, so I'm on the Bengals plus seven and a half, Danny. You're kind of waiting all week to get the hook here. We just had it happen pretty much today. Uh, you know, you're looking at different numbers across the market. I think it's important when you look at percentages to kind of look at what book you're taking them from. I saw some that had Cincinnati getting a slight majority of bets. I saw others where they're pretty heavy on Kansas City. But either way, this game opened at around minus seven. Uh, a lot of love here for Kansas City coming off that big win over Patrick or over uh, Josh Allen and the Bills. Uh, and at home, obviously, this is a team that, uh, you know, plays well at, at, at Arrowhead. So the fact that this uh, line really all week was trending juice-wise toward Kansas City, but they really didn't want to get there. It took until, you know, late Friday to pop up that 7.5. 
We did see a big bet at the South Point that Jimmy Vaccaro tweeted, $100,000 bet on the plus seven half with the Bengals. So to me, my angle, Danny, is, you know, this is a game where you have some familiarity. The Bengals upset the Chiefs late in the regular season. You can play this Burrow as an underdog type card. And anytime I bet on a dog, I want a dog that can score. And I want to bet against a team that can give up points. And we have seen seven straight overs here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Ton of money to the over, Danny. You know, open around 50 and a half. It's been bet up all the way to 54 and a half. It kind of feels like it screams over, but it's always tough when you're getting the worst of the number now. So if you're betting over 54 and a half, yeah, you're kind of with that line move, but you're getting the worst of it. Whereas, you know, if this game lands on 52, 53, those early wise guys hit the over, you're late to the party and you miss it. But if we're looking at prop bets, Danny, you know, I always come uh, prepared here with my props whenever I'm working with you. I would look at Joe Burrow's over prop bet, uh, over 286 yards. He threw for 446 against Kansas City in that regular season game. And this is a spot where as a seven and a half point dog, you're probably going to be down at different times in the game. You're going to have to throw the ball. Uh, you're going to have to keep pace. He's got a great connection with Jamar Chase. His uh, receiving yard prop also rose. I think it was like 82 up to 86. But give me Burrow over 286. I think you get a, a good passing game here from Cincinnati. Makes sense to me. Okay, Josh, let's look forward to the 49ers and the Rams. Again, this spread been pretty steady at three in the hook in favor of Los Angeles this whole week. Total has moved, though. Got as high as 47, as low as 45 and a half. Currently at Bet Rivers, it's at 46. So what movements have you been seeing that really caught your eyes in attraction? Yeah, so I think at first, Danny, as you mentioned with the total, uh, we have seen some under money come in. So it's kind of the polar opposite of that AFC championship game where a ton of over money came in. This one, a lot of under money. You have a majority bets on the over. Public wants to sweat the over, but this line has fallen. As you mentioned, you know, 47 down to around 46. Some shops even down to 45 and a half. Anytime you get these rematches and this familiarity with divisional matchups, I tend to lean under regardless just because there's so much familiarity, knowing how to match up, a lot of data to go off of. It kind of levels the playing field a bit. You know, you're not going to have too many surprises here, maybe on offense. If you also look at some of these totals that fall in the playoffs over the last decade, fall at least a half point, any kind of signal of some under money, 57% the last decade. We have seen playoff under six and four so far this year. And also, these are two of the slowest teams in terms of pace. Uh, San Fran in particular likes to run the ball. Uh, same thing with the Rams. So I'd lean under here. Um, but my play, Danny, is San Francisco plus three and a half. I grabbed the hook here. You know, that hasn't really moved in terms of the three and a half, but the juice has pretty much always been on San Francisco's side. And you're getting a majority of bets here, almost 60% at BetMGM on the Rams, but the three and a half didn't go to four. It's not juicing up minus three and a half, minus 120 to the Rams. They're juicing up the 49ers side. And you got a lot of great data here on Jimmy G as a dog, uh, almost 70% in his career. Shanahan as a dog. Uh, obviously, they've had their number. They've won six straight. So I like the three and a half there. And again, why is the juice on San Fran when the public's on the Rams? Tells me the books don't want to go to four, uh, but they're also kind of wary of dropping down to three, Danny. If they go to three, you're going to get a lot of Rams money coming in. So give me the hook here. I'll be betting on uh, this 49ers plus three and a half. And then also Tyler Higby is a guy I'm looking at as a prop bet, Danny. Uh, his over um, his over receiving yards, it opened at 39 and a half. It's been bet up to 41 and a half. I like it when you have these guys who are not like your big name guys, not your Cooper Cup or, or Debo Samuel, but Higby, not a guy that the public is like dying to bet on, yet Sharp seemed to like his over. Again, 39 and a half to 41 and a half. And you look at what he's done recently. He's gone over this number in four straight games. He had three catches for 46 against Arizona, four for 51 against Tampa Bay. And in that week 18 game, the loss to San Francisco, he had six for 55. So I think if you focus on Cup, focus on OBJ, I think Higby down the middle. I'm, I'm banking on him getting us 42 yards or more, Danny. 
Love it. Josh came prepared with the props. He knew what program he was coming on to. <laughs> All right, Josh, you always got the props ready for us, and I know you got some puck action as well. We got about 90 seconds. couple of plays on the ice I know you're favoring for tonight. Yeah, Danny, I heard a rumor of you and I might be sweating on the same sides here, so that's always good news for us. Yes, but uh, first one for me, uh, Minnesota Wild, Danny. I like this spot for the Wild. They're on the road at the New York Rangers. They've had a really good steam move in their favor. They open around a minus 115, very short road favorite. They've been steamed up all the way to around minus 140, minus 145. Uh, so a lot of money on the Wild. If you look at these favorites off a win this year, 250 and 120, 68%. Uh, return on investment around 8%, so it's been pretty good in general. Also, big injuries here. Uh, if you're looking at the Rangers, Fox is going to be out. Uh, their best defense and one of the best defensemen in, in the NHL. So I'll be looking at the Wild on the money line. And the other one I like is the Dallas Stars at home against the Washington Capitals. This game opened at pretty much a pick em down the middle. Some shops even had Washington as a slight favorite. But we've seen really big dog-to-fave line move toward the Dallas Stars. The Stars are now up to around minus 120, minus 125 across the market. And my number one system when it comes to hockey, Danny, Home favorite off a win, playing an opponent off a loss. 99 and 33 this year, 75%, almost a 15% ROI. If you also look at these home favorites with a line move in their favor, 180 and 75 this year, 71%. And you have a rest advantage here uh, where Dallas, they've won four straight. They last played on the 25th. Short turnaround here for the Caps. Give me the Dallas Stars along with the Minnesota Wild tonight. Yes, sir. I love it. We're on the same page with Dallas, and it's always a good sign when you and I are riding the same pick. Let's hope we can keep it up. But, Josh, thank you for making some time on this Friday night. Enjoy the weekend, and best of luck with all your action, my guy. I appreciate it, Danny. By the way, we're supposed to get three feet of snow in Boston, so please, don't. I cannot have my power go out. I need to watch these Ugh. games this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, good. I know we were getting snow these past couple of days. Might get it next week. But, yeah, stay warm out there, my friend. Appreciate it, Danny. Good luck this weekend. You got it. Josh Applebaum, ladies and gentlemen, at Josh underscore insights on Twitter. Catch him hosting Betting Across America. Pretty much every show on this network, he kills it. And host of the Market Insights podcast. Love having Josh on to get some of that action. But in case you missed some of our action earlier, really quick tonight, DeRozan over 24 and a half points we're playing. We're also on the Stars money line. The props we got, Mahomes over 25 and a half completions. And Matt Stafford over 34 and a half pass attempts. Best of luck if you tail. Enjoy the weekend. We'll catch up on Monday, folks. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.